Welcome back to Extra Ginger, season 25, long-awaited, most coveted. Um, welcome to the first episode of season 25, the inaugural inaugural episode. Hopefully she's gotten a little better at saying that. For this very monumental milestone season, uh, 25 is exactly a quarter of 100, which is a very nice number, of course. Um... But for season 25, I'm very excited to announce that every episode will be scripted. And so we're going to have full focus, full energy, full intentions um, for every single episode, which is really, really exciting uh, for me as showrunner, but hopefully also for listeners. Um, Given it's the first episode, I thought it would be a good time to um, kind of compare and reflect on the similarities, differences, discrepancies between youth, childhood, and adulthood. Um, So we'll just get right into it. Um, Buckle in, get ready to rumble, and let's get started. Where the hell have you been? Waiting. For what? For this. So welcome again to Extra Ginger, the best podcast on earth. I'm your host, Annie. And today we are talking about youth, adulthood, and childhood. Sometimes it feels like there's a long stretch of winding interstate between being an adult and being youthful. Like it would take real concentrated effort to feel young. Like it's a journey to get there. When I was growing up, and I'm only 25, but I feel old enough to say this, just old enough, is that when I was growing up, it felt like everyone wanted kids to savor their childhood, to dance in the glimmer and hope for as long as possible. And for good reason, because kids don't care how you look or who you've been or where you're going, because they think everyone is interesting and has something worthwhile to share. It's beautiful, pure, wholesome, but also hard to find outside of childhood because it means you'd have to care about everyone, even just a little bit, to be interested in what they have to offer. You'd have to put aside your problems, your people, your places and things, and care about the person instead. You'd have to stop your brain train at a station you've never seen before, in the middle of your trip, for a benefit you don't even know about and isn't guaranteed. But it's what kids do every day, even though their train just started running, even though it moves slower and has more ground to cover, even though the train barely knows how to be a train, kids find time to slow down. And that's the crux of it. Feeling young is just a mindset, accessible to all ages, a pre-existing condition and forever blessing all in one. The real obstacle is longevity. Feeling young is good, so it isn't the problem and it's never been the problem. The problem 
is making it last. Maybe it's the way everything needs saving now, even brand new things, even people, even people who say they don't need anything, let alone saving. Maybe it's the way there's more working against each other instead of together, more greed than growth. But the roots are just as important as what's above ground. When's the last time you told someone how you were feeling? And when's the last time you listened to someone who told you how they were feeling? When's the last time you asked? When's the last time you felt accepted and loved? And when's the last time you helped someone else feel accepted and loved? When's the last time you cared, really cared with your whole chest, felt it in your core like a hug from the inside? It doesn't have to be all-consuming or magic. It can't be like that every time. But when was the last time you felt your heart work proper, felt it heat up like water in the kettle and cool down like a simmering pot. When we're young, as kids, there's whining or wailing or screaming, tears and shouts and stomping, so many variations of there's a situation, good or bad, and I don't want to be alone for it. As adults, I wonder if we should scream more, less at each other, more when we're excited or in pain or just want to share a moment. Screaming can be good, and I wonder what it means to make invisibility a habit, a norm. Not just choice, but written into policy. Someone signed into order that kids are the only ones who can make a fuss in public and get help. And I missed it. I worry we miss a lot of policy rewrites, even though we, the general public, are the ones who are most affected. And it is borderline pathetic how helpless it feels to be grown and mad about real laws that have terrifying consequences. Didn't we outgrow decisions made for us by someone else? Didn't we outgrow not being able to do anything? Somewhere between colors and shapes to traffic and budgeting, we lose the privilege of childhood, a time where you're forced to get better, to learn from mistakes, to recalibrate on the good human path. And that's the crux of it. Children are forced to be good, and adults get to choose if being good is worth their while. This is why feeling young feels so right, because it forces you to be good, truly, wholesomely, purely good. Feeling young is the grand tiramisu of adult emotion. Always desired, rarely perfect, and otherworldly magic when you know how to do it right. But it just happens. Anyone can forget how to feel young without a look back, without a single doubt, even though there's a checklist and protocol for much less meaningful releases. I wonder how many things just happen and how many of those actually had a long string of buildups that was left unattended. 
I wonder how different it would be if we had standard operating procedures for feeling young and being happy and even just caring, even for a little, because sometimes that's all it takes. I think without childhood, youth becomes a memory only because it's aged. But if we accept that aging is good, that aging means you've done the very difficult task of figuring out your place in the world and who you are and the people you need, all while caring about yourself and others during this truly unbelievably astronomically disastrous but also wonderful time, if we accept that aging is good, that youth would be a sage, wizard, grandparent, anyone with many years type, that feeling young is right there, relatable, so much closer, but just far enough away to idolize. And every idol gets stronger with worship. I wonder how it would be if we worshiped feeling young. I think in adulthood, Youth, the memory, needs to turn into youth, the object of all desires. Aching to be mentioned, relentless for attention, adaptable, daunting, bleeding into every sphere of your world. More powerful when it's shared, most powerful when it's mutual, unstoppable if it's everywhere, undeniable, consuming, and real. Idolizing youth means you want it all the time, and if you've made it far enough to genuinely complain about inflation and gas and taxes, then you know exactly what it means to want something all the time, this badly. And you know exactly what you're willing to do to make it yours. We should want it badly because it feels good to feel young, for it to be as simple as good versus evil, to know there's always more good than evil because it wouldn't make sense the other way around, to chase joy like you can't help it, to look around and make sure people around you are chasing it too, to always come back to doing the right thing. And this might be a stretch, but I think adults with on-demand youth these higher power adults, they make the best leaders. Not necessarily young people, but people who know how to feel young, how to be happy without hurting others, how to use power to protect people who can't protect themselves, how to deliver on your promises, how to feel embarrassed when you've done something wrong, and how to fix it as soon as you can. We need leaders who know these basic laws of humanity last beyond grade school because lately it seems like kids are the only ones who can unlearn hate and greed and general nastiness. Even though adults, especially adults in power, are supposed to be smarter. If love is the best way we treat other people, I think feeling young is the best way we treat ourselves. It's the point of age-defying serums and all that, right? To feel young. To feel weightless and untainted and look in the mirror without any evidence of all you've been through to get here. And I love serums. I love the way I look when I use them. And I don't think it's about hiding your age. Because it's actually really important to remember the things we go through. 
and we shouldn't have to cover it up. I think the real benefit of looking young is leading by example with your face so your heart and brain can follow. Because less wrinkles doesn't actually do anything for your soul, but the act of feeling young can change it completely. Maybe one of the steps to building a better world is to keep feeling young as much as you can, as hard as you can in the biggest, most contagious way you can imagine, like your life depends on it. Because in a lot of ways, it does. Welcome back to Extra Ginger Closing Ceremonies, revamped fully for our brand new shiny season 25. Um, We're only going to do, we're only going to keep our palette cleanser phase to send everyone off on a good note. Um, But the new addition for this season is that we'll be starting a podcast playlist Um, so I'll put some songs on there to get us started of either songs that I've played during previous pod recordings, um, or songs that I think fit into this week's episode, um, haven't fully decided yet, uh, might be a collaborative situation, also haven't decided yet, um, but hopefully it's another little thing to keep everyone fed while I'm scripting, drafting new thought-provoking, beautiful, insightful, life-changing scripted episodes. Um, So yeah, just another little piece of um, community togetherness, I guess. Uh, But for our palate cleanser this week and all the subsequent weeks, um, admittedly, I am a huge pop culture, like celebrity, I'm into all of that. Um, And I think it's a nice balance to kind of the tone of these scripted episodes. Um, So I'll just give little celebrity updates, easy to pass if you're not into it. Uh, But recently, um, Ben Affleck and J-Lo, Jennifer Lopez, used to be like a serious couple. And then Ben Affleck like went off and did his own thing. He kind of like dropped off a little bit, was in a long-term relationship with Ana de Armas, Armas, um, from Knives Out and like a bunch of other movies. She's had huge success since then. Um, but they were together for a while and now they're apart and Ben Affleck is back together with J-Lo and they just got married and they're living like a very happy life, it seems, um, which I think is very endearing to see. I don't know. I think in line with like this youth adulthood comparison um I think it's a very special thing to know someone for an extended period of time and still be able to fall in love with them like that you know um I don't know maybe this is like me young me talking and and maybe it's more common than I think um but I think that's really special so yeah I'll link the pod playlist but Yeah, hope you enjoyed this new inaugural episode of Extra Ginger Season 25. As always, thank you so beyond much for listening, and I'll see you soon.